Hello, everybody. With me having a cold, I'm drinking. What? Tea. I'm drinking tea. No, we've, we've up you. To, we've <laughs> the pinnacle of health. You have, you have the most uh, iron forged immune system I've ever seen. I do. The way that I forge it is by just letting every invader in, <laughs> and I fight them to the death. Eventually, it's like an, it's like a cast iron skillet where you know you let right. the shit from flavor. the last thing you cooked just flavor it. Yeah, it's, you know. What is that fact? We're 99% gut amoebas or something like that. So I'm just adding to the party here. Trying to get up to 99.1%. <laughs> I'm drinking tea. Clay's drinking Romulan ale. I've, I'm starting a new tradition. Every show I will be having a little bit of my, my uh, wonderful Romulan ale. Yeah. from. Uh, I honestly, Star Trek Spirits. This is yeah, not Star- a plug. <laughs> it we was a plug a that one time. time. A long time yeah, ago. One t- that one time that they sent us free stuff, <clears throat> yep. that was a plug. Oh, this, this was not however, part of the free. You bought this. No, no. I got this for Christmas a couple of years ago. That was good. This uh, this is me working my way through the bottle is what this is. I'm, I'm wondering. <laughs> I might have to drink less of it next time, but I'm wondering <laughs> if I can get it to hold out until we're done with Voyager. Maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll do it once a week. Just drink it every plan, time. Every time you have a good episode, have a little bit, and I'm sure ooh. I'm sure you'll make it to the end of uh, I'm sure the end All of Voyager. Right. Well, I I uh, um I was hoping if I could make it to the end, I still have a bottle of the Star Trek wine oh. that I've actually been saving for when we finish all of the series. But so that's. <laughs> gonna be on my shelf for another six years or whatever well listen with the way i the way i get sick we might not have time clay so let's let's just crack it open now yeah. and, and pour one well out. i'm happy i'm happy i can start today and pour one out for a dead dead neelix yeah oh that's a good good callback that's why you're on the show here to talk about mortal coil it is the 12th episode of the fourth season of star trek voyager it came out on december 17th 1997 an early christmas present <laughs> For Star Trek fans everywhere, written by Brian Fuller, directed by Alan Croker. Croker, get it? In universe date 51449.2. Croker, hardly even know her. <laughs> In this episode called Mortal Coyal, after being killed on an away mission and then revived by Seven's Borg nanoprobes, Neelix finds himself in deep existential and spiritual crises, questioning his faith and the meaning of his existence. Do you think they left some money on the table by not having a scene where Harry Kim says, I wish I was revived by seven Borg nanocoils. <laughs> Anything to get her Borg parts inside me. He'd be down. Is Harry Kim in this episode? <laughs> I don't think he is, right? Uh, briefly. Is he at the he, party? He, Neelix, Neelix gives him a cup of really strong coffee. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he's studying for something. Mortal Coil. So here's, um, I guess I'll open this with, I was surprised... I looked this up, and apparently this is an extremely highly regarded Voyager episode. Um, hmm. It's on a lot of like top twenty lists and like top fifty for the franchise and stuff like that. I didn't know anything about it, um, hmm. and it's a Neelix episode, which starts you off kind of prejudiced, I hesitant. suppose. Yeah, yeah, hesitant against it. Um, I didn't think this was good enough to get on any list like that. But this is a this is <clears throat> this is kind of a weird one. I, I liked I liked what it was doing, but I never really bought into it at the same time. Um, it, sure, it, it, yeah. like I core to it is this is a really kind of a minor thing, but I think it, it's kind of a Voyager trait. At no, like the whole opening half, I was just going. Neelix is religious. 
And it's yeah, and and like I feel that maybe on other series they would have characters who weren't like you weren't aware and it wouldn't seem so obvious, but for some reason it really it just stuck out to me. I was like, Neelix mm. has never mentioned any of this before. Like I didn't realize yeah. this was a core to Neelix's thing. And I think in maybe a better great episode, you'd be kind of willing to overlook that and be like, Well, they just made a story for Neelix and I'm willing to. He's gone through a lot. I buy that he's religious and stuff like that. Um it just got to a place where I didn't feel I didn't feel it worked as well as I thought it might have and it never it mm. never really grabbed me at any point even though I thought it was kind of a neat good concept and I think it works for Neelix it's like a good Neelix idea but I never I got to the end and it was just like ah, I don't think any of that really really landed for me unfortunately it, yeah. it wasn't bad but it just wasn't wasn't great either at the same time Yeah <clears throat> Uh I really liked it um but I I don't disagree with anything you're saying <clears throat> I think uh, I think it's tough with a character like Neelix because he does get so little screen time that w- there is plenty of stuff we don't know about him. Um, and I think I think the episode would be that much more devastating in a way that is probably harder to swallow if Neelix was previously known as like this deeply religious character who in this this episode he finds out that <laughs> god doesn't exist Chicote has like a tricorder that tells him there's no god yeah like that's that's that would be a bit much i think so i you know i kind of I, I understand they're they're trying to pick a character to do this with and neelix probably makes the most sense and but doesn't the story him need some... him to be kind of at least established to have a backstory i don't know <sighs> I feel like Chicote is more more like if Chicote well, was. I'm, that's what I'm talking about, though. I, I I don't know if I think it would be too heavy. I mean, it's a pretty heavy episode as it is. Yeah. But if you took someone who's like part of their entire identity is their religion, and dismantled that in front of them, and then left them, despite what this episode tries to do at the end, clearly a shattered husk. Yeah. I think that would be a bit much. Um, so if you take someone like Neelix and, and kind of throw this in there as someone who's like, yeah, okay, I mean, he's not, he's not going to church every day, but mm-hmm. he's got the little tree and the, the way that some people are, he's religious in the way that people are like, yeah, and you know, when I die, I'm going to go to heaven and see my, you know, yeah, I, I like that they tied in that his family has all been killed or whatever happens to them. And he's like, well, yeah. at least I was thinking that I'd be able to go get to see them. But doesn't this just really prove that? What it, what is Chicote's afterlife? He communicates with dead ancestors. Like so, does, it doesn't. Yeah, does, isn't Chicote's is, version of the afterlife the one that is real? It is. It is tough to do an episode like this when you have previously established characters that can actually talk to their <laughs> dead relatives. Neelix is just unlucky in love and yeah. in life and in death. I think. I think it's one of those things where, like, if you can take this as an episode in a vacuum. I think it's it's a lot better than if you really try to parse it out as far as Star Trek lore goes. Yeah. <clears throat> um But yeah, I liked I liked what it was doing. I liked the questions that it was was playing with. I don't know if it really I I kept thinking the entire time like what is the resolution of this going to be? Like I feel like there's only one resolution that there can be or well there's two. Either he's wrong and for somehow the afterlife does exist mm-hmm. or he finds something in the the in life that is um 
takes the enriching place of it. enough yeah. that, that takes the place of it, which is obviously what they go with. <clears throat> I don't believe that for a second. Like that change comes so quick at the end where it's just like he's he's about to kill himself mm-hmm. because he's like none of if all of this is fake then what's the point of anything at all he's about he's having an existential crisis and Chakotay is like but that little girl needs to go to sleep and you're the only one who can do it doesn't that mean something and he's like you know what you're right it does. you're absolutely correct it does you know and then at that point he's like I I give them credit for for having him not play it as though it's a complete change of position yeah but but i think they probably if they had played a little bit more bittersweet where he's a little bit more kind of like still kind of depressed about bothered by it about this i think i it would have landed a little bit better but it's a tough it's a tough story to tell because you know you you've you have him going through this this thing where he has a at least a casual understanding of what the afterlife is going to be which it is then shown to him that's not what it is after he literally dies. And then he comes back and he's going through the whole thing. I, I think the I think the, the the lowest point for me in this was when he goes into the you should have left me dead thing. Because that's just, I feel like that's a little bit too easy of a, of a story point. Well, doesn't that tie into the weirdness of, oh, there's no afterlife? I better kill myself. <laughs> like, what's the logic yeah. of that? action to yeah i think you know it's all it's all stemming from the this depression that he's in that he's hoping to see his relatives again in the afterlife yeah and now that he knows that's not a thing then there's really nothing no reason to live live for yeah Yeah, you know yeah he's he's he is a uh, someone whose entire family was killed so it is i i think that's another people in uh, intense ways i think that's another mark in the way of it's tough for me to buy this as a Neelix trait, really, because like mm-hmm. I guess you could argue that Neelix is using his happy-go-lucky thing to like mask this deep insecurity, but I don't think he's even been written that way, really. Like I, I know that yeah. he has trauma in his past, but he he comes across to me as someone who has had a lot of bad stuff happen to him, but he, he's always been kind of a happy-go-lucky character. It's just it's not that he's hiding anything; it's that that's yeah. what he is authentically. Um, and so when he, his, his sort of like regression to this depressive, depressive state just strikes me as he's not the right character for this. I just, I don't really think that this is a Neelix thing. I I think that Ethan Phillips, I think that's his name, does a good job with Neelix. And I, I would prefer that this be a kind of Neelix that's on the show as opposed to just happy go lucky morale officer Neelix. Mm -hmm. Uh, but with what they've established through four seasons, I have a harder time buying into it, I guess. Um, yeah, I I would say maybe because they've never touched on that before, but like I don't need him to be Ed O'Neill from Wayne's World. No. He's like the guy running the donut shop, and then when he gets a second, he's like, have you ever seen the smoke that rises out of the wound of a man killed in the winter? <laughs> <laughs> I think Best it was- part of both movies. <laughs> I think it would add something. I just need him... If they wanted to go this way, I and I understand that they have referenced his sad past. Maybe just, you know, even he even recently lost Cass, and he's like, yeah, that's fine, whatever, right. whatever happens, yeah. that's the way sure. it is. Yeah, yeah, I don't disagree with that. I think, I think the 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 biggest problem for me, like <laughs> again, if if you're looking at this in a vacuum, I think it works decently well, mm-hmm. and I think it's one of the better episodes of the season. Yeah, <clears throat> because it's it is asking 
some pretty big questions and and uh, doing it in, in a fairly Star Trekky way. Yeah, but I just I just don't buy that ending at all. Like I, I think the Chakotay talks them down ending is that, yeah, yeah. I think I think for something like this, it has to be a conclusion he comes to himself. You know, I I don't I don't think you can really argue anybody off of this particular ledge. I feel like it has yes. to be a ledge that he comes to himself you know right maybe the little girl talking to naomi yeah like i i having that interaction with the little girl more organically i think might have been the way to go yeah um yeah well i mean i think so (coughs) i think maybe that's the other problem is where while i liked what the the problem they were they were grappling with I don't really know if they had a take on it. No. You know, like I, I, I <clears throat> like I said, it, his, the stuff that he's going through ends up being fairly stock come back from the dead stuff. You know, yep. like I, I brought this up. I brought this up f- relatively recently on this show or the other ones. There's an episode of Buffy <clears throat> that does something similar where she comes back from the dead and uh, she's very depressed about it. And her, all of her friends are really excited, and no one can figure out why she's depressed. And then eventually, she tells them that I think that I was in heaven, and you guys pulled me out of heaven to make you feel better. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and that's that's at least a twist on this where there's there's a take on it where it's really affecting the character in kind of a, an interesting and unique way. Whereas this, it's just the same kind of like, you know, he's back. Well, I don't know if I should be back. Oh, well, you should have left me dead. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of standard stuff that doesn't really have a, have a spin on this idea as much as I do like the idea. Yeah. I I think that the, the pointlessness of the, um, like it, it does. It's it's a hard. <coughs> excuse me. It's hard to fit into. <coughs> excuse me, Star Trek, in some ways, because what's the point of? <coughs> what is the? Did I? Am I missing something? What What's the point of the Borg tech being used here? Why Why is it necessary that he's dead? for 18 hours instead of one of these things where he it's the cold open is he's dead he's brought to sick bay and mm-hmm. the, as we've seen in star trek he's just kind of defibbed back to life you know they're like that was close right. neelix like you i don't i don't really know what's gained from him being dead long enough that the borg nanoprobes are required to bring a character back to life in a way that goes makes you go why didn't seven bring that other person back to life that died in that other <laughs> episode um but like that, that's kind that of that other person that other person wasn't as multifaceted in his, <laughs> in his importance to the ship as Neelix is. Is this person in the main credits? No, they, you, don't, yeah. you, you don't get to survive. I, I, I think it's just that it's like that felt a little bit tacked on and it, it felt like it was taking the place of whatever they want to say is doing this Voyager trick of instead of what you want to talk about, you're going to replace it with this sci-fi angle that doesn't really add anything at all by the end of it. Mm. And I, I, I just... I think I also I don't super connect with it because I don't personally have a religious background that makes this story feel like it's necessarily interesting to me. Like mm-hmm. there's no 
I guess my alternate would be like Neelix discovers that there is an afterlife outside of Chakotay's. That like his afterlife is the one that's actually out there and that they want to succeed. And go, well, that's interesting. I guess for Star Trek. But the the point that I that I view it at is is like a character who I don't find this to be central to his identity learns something that I already believe, and therefore has an epiphany about it. And yeah. Outside of the quality of the episode, it's not something that's immediately going to grab me because I like I I I have a hard I don't in that case that you're going to do it you really have to sell Neelix's commitment to this idea to me and and this episode doesn't do that he just kind of believes it and so if I'm not sold on Neelix this being a central part a very important part that's being like destroyed in front of him I can't yeah. latch onto it because I'm outside of the idea of thinking that it's even a possibility that might happen to him, which is unfortunate. Sure. But sure. it's that and that's a very personal subjective take on it. But it was a reason that I just had kind of a it's like semi obvious from my point of view, you know, and it's like unfortunate, but but that's my subjective uh take on it. And I don't know. I I I don't think that the Borg nanoprobe story didn't even provide the hook of a sci-fi angle where it's like, oh, at least I kind of like this Borg haywire thing that they've got going mm. on, but they don't, it doesn't, he just zombifies himself over and over <coughs> again. And then that's, that's the end of it. Yeah. I think that, I think the Borg thing was just because they needed to, they needed to separate him from what, what you were talking about, everybody else being sort of defibrillated back to life. Like, you know, there's, because that happens all the time now Yeah, where there's, people who are dead for five minutes who get zapped back to life and in star trek there's even a bigger window where that can happen and it's always resuscitation right whereas in i i think they needed him to be in inequivocally dead yeah you know he he needed to be marley dead you know uh, so 18 hours is a long time to be dead <laughs> so <laughs> is it just that's a- when your brain starts turning to jelly yeah it's the the Talaxians are like, well, you don't actually get to the afterlife until 16 hours after you've been dead. So you, right, have, you have to you have to wait at least 18 hours to figure it out. That's what I that's what I liked about Chakotay's reasoning, where he's like, well, I don't know, maybe it maybe it takes longer. <laughs> who, knows, who knows how long it takes to get to the afterlife? <laughs> I, was, I like the uh, the attempt at comedy too with Neelix is like Jane was like, well, he's dead. Let's honor his life with his Talaxian death ritual. And it's just Tuvok being like, eh, this is too much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to read the whole thing. This is just this is just too much. These Talaxians don't know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. Um, do, you, do you think it would be more interesting if the same events happened, but the crisis point was Chakotay? So say... Like the cri- Tuvok, faith, of, faith of crisis? The, the yeah, crisis so, of faith moment? So Neelix dies and Neelix comes back and he's like, shit, my people always told me that there was an afterlife and I pretty clearly have found evidence that that is not the case. Yeah. And so he now has that going on. And Ch- but Chakotay is the focus of the He's of more the impacted. Neelix doesn't really care. He's just kind of like intrigued by this <clears throat> or, idea. That- or maybe he, he does care because, you know. That would, that would if you were if that's what you believe regardless of how hard you believe it it's still going to impact you you know you're still coming back from the dead oh, see, dead for 18 hours I, I think that fixes my issue with it which is that oh, neelix okay. is not the believer because if neelix is just like you know i'd been told that there was an afterlife and i was dead for 18 hours and i didn't see anything so i guess yeah. i guess there is no afterlife yeah. i i because i do i do agree 
that if you flip this and made it a somehow a crisis for Chakotay, like he was like, am I just hallucinating on peyote while I'm doing this? You know, like that, that's more of a, he's the character that at least I would be like, well, they have established this guy as like a spiritual leader and that's his core belief. You know, he's got the face tattoos and everything. I I would be down with that. Absolutely. Cause yeah, I mean, cause then I feel like if you have that same crypt, maybe you don't go as far as they do in this episode and have Chakotay (laughs) killing himself or (laughs) attempting to kill himself. But like then if you have his crisis point um, dissipated by Neelix, yeah, who then gives him that speech about like, listen, I don't know what's out there for you. I don't know. I wouldn't take my experience to be emblematic of your own, but all I can tell you from what I have experienced is that it's the things in front of you now. Right. That are the things that are worth living for. You know, that I, I totally buy that as a Newix outlook right from the get go. Yeah. He's he's a he's the, he's a fly by the seat of his pants character in that way. Yeah, yeah. I, I would. I, I guess that narratively, your your tough part of that script is making an authentic handoff where Chakotay buys into Newix's visions enough, where he just kind of goes like, "Oh, this guy had a hell of an experience." I guess I I, I guess I have to question it myself. You might just have it just be completely with Ch- Chicote, and that he is the one who gets shot by the laser beam at the start. And I just think that's too much. I think it's too harsh. It's, just it's because too harsh you break him at the end with the the yeah yeah because I I think I think if you if you go this way where Chicote doesn't actively experience that, then having Neelix give him a speech like that is a much more optimistic <laughs> outlook than this, which is Neelix is. A, he's a broken man like yeah. he ends this episode as much as he tries to put on that oh yeah it's 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 worth living so i because for reading i can read stories to this little kid who's not mine mm-hmm. who's gonna hate me in three years um i i think that's just like <clears throat> i don't i don't find that this episode is satisfactorily resolved for me yeah because i don't think it's satisfactorily resolved for neelix and so i think if you put like a a bit of a a buffer between Neelix and Chakotay in that way, where Chakotay is having a crisis of faith based on things that have happened to Neelix, then at least there's some wiggle room there that he can come to this, come to the conclusion and not be, you know, not the, the, the episode doesn't end with him in the mirror, like rubbing his tattoo yeah, off of his forehead, yeah, you know, yeah. until he bleeds or whatever. <laughs> I, I, I agree. I agree. I do, I do think um, I would buy Chicote in the the setup a little bit better. I liked the, you know, I, I think Voyager takes itself. Voyager is kind of an unserious show, and I thought that this one at least took itself somewhat serious. And I, I appreciate the effort to like have a story be about something like this. And I thought that yeah. Voyager did a decent job with it. Um, what did you think of? The, I thought the. Well, I was just gonna say I thought his dreams were. I was just about terrifying. to ask you. I was about to ask yeah. you about the dreams. Yeah. I thought those were really good. Those are real. That was probably some of the scariest, creepiest stuff they've done on the show. Yeah, like the uh, sort of like trying to catch up with his sister stuff. She's always yeah. just at like a distance. Yeah. I thought that was that was pretty well done. I liked everyone's and weird then, energy mean, in the things. Like yeah. when Janeway says something weird to him, and I thought that that was pretty good. It was very uh, um, <clears throat> The Shining when everybody, all the ghosts show up for the party. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, it's like oh, a wonderful party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I liked it. Harry I, Kim's getting a... BJ from a guy in a dog costume. 
would you um i guess the minor b plot in this one well i guess what would you think of the very end with the girl naomi sitting in the uh, the forest wonderland of Talaxius. yeah sure whatever afterlife i just i still don't i don't buy the ending at all as a as a resolution <clears throat> like i know what they're going for but it's like it's just you know this is something that neelix is based on the way he reacts in this episode this is something he's going to be dealing with for a very long time mm-hmm. and it's it's just that's a really tough concept to wrap up that quickly he doesn't but yes i would agree with you i liked it in the dream when he finally talks to his sister and his sister's like it's all fake we just rot in the ground you stupid son of a bitch and then bursts into dust <laughs> like like she picked the wrong cup yeah 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 like that <laughs> you're just worm food neelix did um i guess the minor b plot is the seven storyline i guess seven yeah. tries- i like the seven stuff yeah I, I thought her um when she when she gets the advice from janeway that she should just listen to Chit-chat. a conversation then yep. chime in i thought that was pretty funny that was good stuff could have gone could have gone harder with it i guess you're in a tough spot where uh what the borg are doing to small children is probably kind of horrific but so they have to walk a fine line about uh, whether or not they should say too much or too little but I think um, I really like Jerry Ryan in this episode. I think she's I think yeah. she's she's very good as Seven. Um, she has, I, has a funny energy. Detail, the one real detail that I really liked was when she referred to Neelix as the cadaver. Yeah, and then and uh, the doctor's like, yeah, and they say my bedside manner is bad. I was like that's that's a really that's a really good word to use to show the dehumanization yep. or detalaxianization in this case. Yeah, of yep. of uh, his body. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, I liked it. I, I still think the Borg nanoparticles are bizarre. That that's the way that they just do. But I thought she was very good. Um, she has a conversation with Tuvok in this one, right? They're walking in the hallway. I like her and Tuvok talking mm. to each other. I think that that's a good. It's a good pairing. Yeah, I like them together too because it's. Uh, he's a good mentor. Like, he, he's the she's yeah. the best mentee that he's had. He's had a couple, I think, through the series, and she's she's the best one. Yeah, I think. Uh, <clears throat> I think her. I like her and Harry to a certain extent. Yeah. I don't like how I don't know how horny. Well, how horny it is all the time. <laughs> but uh, uh, I I think her and Tuvok is nice because Tuvok. I like that she seems to see Tuvok as more of a, 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 a analog for herself than say the Doctor. Yeah. Because I think it would be really easy for her to see the Doctor as like her, <coughs> where I think it's closer to Tuvok is what what she what they're going for. Yes. She has a um Tuvok has a nice Tuvok is a good sounding board for her in a way that the other human characters don't fight back with her a little bit. Like Tuvok mm-hmm. doesn't get emotional about it. So their conversations are a nice um like stream of sort of logic stuff where where there, there's not like a, a uh I, I feel like some of the human characters take more of a like, whoa, you're just a bored character. And Tuvok is more um, open-minded, I suppose, to that kind of stuff, and at least listens yeah. and has like gives sort of strange uh, Vulcan takes on things that she says. So I like those two when they're paired together. Seems to just be Carrie because it was. I'm already forgetting they did. Yeah, they established it in Year of Hell. They had the alternate reality where they were 
I think that's where this whole thing started, where they started talking to each other after that, but maybe I'm wrong. Sure. I don't remember. That was like that was like a week ago. It was a week ago. It feels like a year. Yeah. <clears throat> um anything else about this one? Mortal Coil. No? Um Yeah, not really. I, uh, Bellana has a very brief appearance in this episode. I think she's got like one line in in the dream sequence. I don't know if she's in it at all for the That's rest right. of it. Yeah. <clears throat> No, yeah, nothing, yeah. nothing else. I yeah, I just uh, maybe it's just uh, we'll save it for final thoughts. What I think about the the sort of afterlife stuff. So we'll go to Patreon comments for now. Thanks everybody for listening. If you enjoyed the show, you can go to Patreon.com/slash/ThePenskyFile and leave your thoughts about upcoming episodes. We read them on the podcast, and then you can you can hear them on the podcast. So we're gonna start with Mortal Coil. <clears throat> I'll send this one to you first, Clay. Once I open up the Discord. I swear, we must have the highest average of coughing and throat clearing of any podcast. I'm not going to, I can't edit all this out. This is just too much. I need some, I need some I, sort of I AI. Even, I even have like a cough, cough blocker button, and I don't always, <laughs> some don't always remember to use it, so I apologize. <laughs> it's the winter. It's the middle of winter. Everyone's, everyone's coughing. Everyone's yeah. dying. We'll pretend like it gets better in the summer. <laughs> <laughs> hey, fever. Mortal Coil. I would not trust Neelix with kids. The last two-year-old he met... <laughs> is this from Kyle? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, Dinosaur, this is Kyle Barrett. I would not trust Neelix with kids. The last two-year-old he met, he started fucking. <laughs> Neelix is an absolute plank if his reaction to learning there is nothing after death is to try and kill himself. Mm-hmm. I remember hating this episode the first time I saw it because it makes death meaningless with the magic nanobots. And the fact they prevent Neelix from killing himself rather than cheering the fucker on. But this time I wasn't, but this time I thought it wasn't quite so terrible. And dare I say, I felt a little sympathetic towards his existential crisis. I also think Brian Fuller is one of the best writers of seven with the well-written relatable autistic at a party scene being a highlight three out of five. The onion needs the, uh, the autistic reporter to interview seven, the autistic Star Trek member. (laughs) Taxile Bear says, Mortal Coil, I know that both of you are disappointed that this episode didn't end just five minutes with after just five minutes with Neelix being permanently dead. Jokes aside, I think that exploring how religion and spiritualism develop in the face of space travel, a universe with thousands of advanced species, time travel, etc., is a worthwhile endeavor, though one that got diluted by Chakotay simply switching on the spirits and scientifically proving that the supernatural exists or something. Yeah, that's the <clears throat> tough part with all this. As we said, it's like how is does every race have their own afterlife yeah and what is that like you know is it it's the same question on earth some of them don't exist some of them do exist i don't know (laughs) well it had i mean logically either all the religions on earth are correct or none of them are correct like that's those are your two options really or one i suppose one could be exactly right but who knows yeah, it just it does. It, would it be, expands. It would be great if at the end of existence, whatever god there is was like, I gave you guys like five thousand years, and you just couldn't get the right one. Couldn't get the right. I one. gave you lots of hints, and you got real close, but you never got it. So nobody gets to uh, nobody gets the chocolate factory. Everybody's going to hell. <laughs> it's the Talaxian. It's the Tala- Star Trek Voyager came the closest, but it's not a tree. It's just a small shrub. 
Uh, Milo Perverso says, Mortal Coil, I believe I speak for everyone here when I loudly say slash write that they should have just let Neelix die. I mean, I'm down for Neelix from this point on being like a grizzled PTSD veteran. Yes, <laughs> I'd, I'd be fine with that. Him screaming at everybody about how we're all going to yeah. die no matter what happens. This is JC Superstar. Mortal Coil, a dramatization of a crisis of faith is very relatable. There are also significant character moments. Seven acknowledges the varied usefulness of Neelix to the crew, and Chakotay reminds us that his character has always had underutilized potential when he proves to be an earnest friend and mentor to Neelix. His final conversation with Neelix in the transporter room was unexpectedly moving. It is the description of the great forest meant to imply life on Voyager itself, prejudices against Neelix, prejudices against Neelix notwithstanding, four Chakotay sport coats out of five. He's a dapper fellow. <clears throat> Everybody did bust out some very unique looking yeah, that, formal wear. That was some that was some intense to, formal. Talaxian Christmas. <laughs> Changeling says, Mortal Coil, at the end when Neelix was trying to kill himself, I couldn't but think but how ballsy it would be if this was how they decided to write Neelix out of the show instead of Cass for season four. That being said, I thought the show was surprisingly good. I have to admit, Ethan Phillips made me feel some emotion. Also, it's kind of funny how Neelix is both one of Kess's lungs and some of Seven's nanoprobes. By the end of the series, he's also <laughs> going to have two box ears, Chakotay's tattoo, and Janeway's hair for coming back from the dead for 18 hours and not ending up mentally challenged out of five. I forgot about the lung thing. Yep. Can't take that back. Matt Ross says, Mortal Coil, I always... Uh, Always makes me uneasy and question my own concerns of death, and I appreciate the episode for that feeling. Neelix, I have always had a love-hate feeling towards. When he's made to be comic relief, I think his talents are wasted. When he's in more serious tones, I think Ethan Phillips is great at the role, and I appreciate the acting. At least we know that the Borg think the Kazon are trash as well. Too bad we can't use Borg <laughs> stuff to revive everyone. Must be main character specific. Three hopes for better menus out of five. <clears throat> I forgot about the Kazon thing. That was pretty funny. That yeah. was. It made me. I was like, oh, so the Borgs are Borg are. Kind of racist, sort of a little bit. <laughs> they don't add anything, which is also that's the show great, making fun of itself. Yeah, that's a that's a great way. Imagine if they met a species who like were just like trash people, but they were just really happy. And it's like, what is going on? You you have the technology, you have the smarts, yep, to to fly through the stars. And then someone's like, yeah, but you know what? If we do that, the Borg are going to come fucking assimilate us. We don't have to worry about the Borg because they all think we are trash. Yeah. So it's a good disguise. Now who's the smart one? Starfleet. It's a good disguise for the Borg. Uh, what did I just read? I read Matt Ross. Just a bunch of Monty Python characters running around. <laughs> picking up dirt, wearing those weird <laughs> handkerchiefs on their heads, trying to return dead parrots. It's a good woody sound. This is Jaron Hatch. I used to hate Neelix when I was a kid, but as time has gone on, I've warmed up to him, and this was the episode that kick-started my re-evaluation. Neelix is best when he is characterized as the eternal optimist who makes his pain and fears behind... Sorry. who Eternal masks. optimist who masks his peer, pain and fears behind that optimism. Watching that character who is always seeing the best in everything come face-to-face -face with his own mortality is pretty compelling stuff. However, in classic Voyager fashion, the execution leaves a little to be desired, particularly in regards to Chakotay's cringe-inducing dream therapy. Still, I have to give props to the writers sticking to the nothing-after-death concept rather than pulling out some, well, those neutrinos are spinning the wrong way, and so maybe there is something-after-death bullshit. 
four random seconds of Naomi Wildman sitting in a fantasy land before the end credits roll out of five. That the beginning of that dream <coughs> did have big pure moods energy. Yeah. Which was fun. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Grapple John Zorn says, I wonder if like Kafka, the Voyager writers would go out to bars after work and cackle with their friends over the tortures they wrote for their protagonists. Unlike Kafka, who at least permitted Gregor Samsa an apple to the brain pan to take him out of his misery, this now makes the third time they've denied Neelix a mercy killing. The show might have something to say if Neelix had responded to Chakotay's who else on the ship can handle monsters and the replicator by beaming himself into space in a final moment of clarity. Isn't there only so long one can eke out an existence on participation trophies and the pity of others? Like my aging mother, Voyager's fine with the light stuff, but has no business lifting heavy objects. One Kess's missing lungs out of five. I thought he was going to say, like my aging mother, I wish Neelix had stayed dead. <laughs> Which I was going to say. That's but dark. <laughs> maybe not the place to, to air that. <laughs> this is Artorius with our final comment. Mortal Coil. Hello, darkness, my old friend. The void calls to me again where death and life come to meet. There the fate of the soul shall sleep. When oblivion calls, there I abide, lest the chaos gods eat me alive. Emperor, protect the eternal truth is a lie in the void. I will reside from death to all eternity. The darkness is my guide. For there is no hope to the soul for oblivion will forever hold. On a brighter side, <laughs> at least the Borg realize how not even the Kazan are worthy of assimilation. Three steps into darkness out of five. Three out of five. Thanks, everybody, for leaving your thoughts about Mortal Coil, this episode of Star Trek Voyager. So I'm interested to see what you're going to give this one, Clay. It seems like you were uh, fairly positive on it. The patrons probably give it an average of a four, I think, maybe like mm -hmm. a high, a very high three. Um, yeah, what did, you, what did you think of this and any final thoughts about it? Uh, I am, I'm going to give it a four. I thought it was... I thought it was one of the, the better ones, um, just like full stop. It just, I, I like the ones where it seems like they've just considered some things, you know, sure. instead yeah. of just <laughs> like, I, I really like that this doesn't need a sci-fi B plot to really gum up the works. Like it yeah. doesn't turn into the Borg shit inside him is causing madness or something, you know, like yeah, that, yeah. that, that would feel really, um, unnecessary. So I like that they just kind of they use the sci-fi stuff sparingly to to address a, an issue that is pretty relatable. I think, um, yeah, I don't think it's perfect, but I think uh, I think it's pretty good. I think I uh, I don't know where I'm going to end up. I I think I'm going to give this a two. I think. Um, It was I was I was honestly very surprised uh reading the reviews after I was done watching it that it was so highly regarded really. Um hmm. I I think it steps into a weird territory of it's a very good idea that ultimately kind of continues the Voyager trend of like I wish there was just something more here to say about this mm -hmm. I suppose and I think it did a lot of damage for me, just the setup of it being a Neelix story. Like, I never really grabbed hold of what this was talking about in that way. Um, as far as, like, the Borg stuff, 
I almost feel like it's one of those episodes that's begging for some kind of thematic sci-fi angle to be plastered on top of it. And hmm. I don't know if Voyager would have done a good job with that, but I feel like one of the other series, if this was the story, there would be something that's being said there. Like the, because I'm now remembering the Tuvok in the uh, Seven story, the, their plot line is about how the Borg live forever in the collective. Like there, there is a memory of them that goes on and on and stuff like that. And I feel that that would have been nice to somehow lay, like, or like to have seven be the, a character that's talking to Neelix or something like yeah. instead of Chakotay. Like yeah. I feel, I feel that she has a, a, a view of things that might be helpful for the episode to come to a point. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, it's relegated to the Tuvok episode or the Tuvok conversation. So I yeah. just, I feel it's a little bit of a missed opportunity. It, it didn't really grab me the entire time that I was watching it. So I'll give it a two and and say it wasn't a terrible two. I do think that um, seven would have been a better choice than Chakotay. Yeah. Because again, as as we were saying, you run into this problem where the, the episode is saying that the Talaxian idea of the afterlife doesn't exist, but Chakotay still has superpowers that allows him to talk to... Yeah dead relatives and go into the dream theater or whatever yeah, yeah. um <clears throat> not not the fun kind of dream theater the <laughs> fun Portnoy, kind of dream theater just rocking out in the background <laughs> the fun kind of dream theater being the theater i'm not in while dream theater is playing um <clears throat> you know where i think if 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 chakotay had like come at him with that spiritual stuff and to uh neelix rejected that and then it was seven that talked him down off the ledge. I think that would work better. Mm -hmm. And just a final, because uh, Christian signed in here on the YouTube comment. He says, I missed out on Patreon comments, but too long didn't read. I don't think the episode is particularly good, but the ending with Chakotay and Helix and Naomi was sufficiently heartwarming for me to enjoy that part. So that's it. Picked a bad time <laughs> to pop in, friend. We just tore the ass right out of your entire <laughs> argument. <laughs> that's it. Clay gives it a four. I'll give it a two. That's it for Star Trek Voyager's Mortal Coil. We are about to shuffle off of this podcast episode. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Patreon.com slash the Penske file. If you want to leave your thoughts there, we'll read them on the podcast. Otherwise, there's a whole bunch of podcasts out there you can access. Patreon.com slash the Penske file. Clay, do you have anything you want to say? Uh, check out Rod and Hart Picture Show. We're covering Halloween this year on Patreon. Um what the fuck month are we in? January still? Is this It'll February? Be February. This It'll point? be February, February when this comes out. February <laughs> is Halloween 2, obviously, which is a pretty interesting movie. It's kind of like a it's kind of like if if Halloween were like a vaporwave movie, I think Halloween 2 would be a vaporwave Halloween movie cuz it's a lot of like <laughs> slowly walking around liminal spaces of just yep. like dark hallways and people just kind of like hanging around yep. and then eventually they get stabbed and blood sprays everywhere. So it's got a kind of interesting vibe to it that I took me a while to come around to. I don't think it's a great movie, but I enjoy watching it. Um yeah, and, and on the on the main show, <clears throat> Amanda's going to be off on vacation for uh, a couple months, so Wes is going to be joining us for a couple episodes. Uh, we're going to do uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3, Dream Warriors, and another movie to be picked later. And uh, my cousin, who is the who runs a film noir podcast and website, will be joining us to do uh, Night of the Hunter. So, yeah, check that Sounds out. Sounds good. Badass, badass will be back at some point. Sean's been really busy with uh, Zorro 
and all that kind of stuff. So we'll get to it eventually. Patreon.com slash ThePenskaVal. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We will wrap it up here, and now we'll be back with the next episode, which is at the top here, which I have to figure out, Waking Moments. So thanks very much. And uh, I guess your mother fell asleep. You want to say hi? Hi. <laughs> there he goes. Hey, buddy. I, have to, I have to put him to bed, uh, and then I will be back. Well, Clay, are you, are you doing a, a post-show after this one? Sure, that's fine. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next time.